This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Well, 3 by 10 Sunday, I'm going to introduce our three speakers here that will come up. Um, And uh, let me just say this, you know, Ephesians uh, talks about, uh, in Ephesians 2.20, it talks about belonging in God's house and how it's important to be connected in the house of God. We really need to be, that's that's biblical, uh, being part of a local church. Um, But it has to be something even more than just belonging, it's something that we become. And God is working as we are plugged in a local church. I believe the, I believe, just not just as a pastor, but just as a believer, that the greatest change in my life has been plugged into a local church. Not out there alone, sitting somewhere by yourself, listening to a podcast also, which is good, but trying to grow myself spiritually disconnected from other believers. And, and, and so I just want to encourage you in that. And so the heart of Church of the Harvest is equipping and uh, uh, we want to help those here in the church just to step out in their gifts. And like I said, not everyone's called to preach and to teach, but everyone has a testimony. Amen. And so we love hearing those testimonies. Somebody once said that life is God's gift to me and what I do with it is my gift to him. And so God wants you to give back, give back, serve him and his purposes. So, so each of the three by 10 here are going to have 10 minutes. At the end of their 10 minutes, they're going to hear a little bell. That means time's up, and they're going to pass the mic, not drop the mic, but pass the mic, and here's, once I say this, each three by ten, what I want you to do is I want you to encourage them, like how you want someone to encourage you if you were to stand up here a little nervous. Can I get an amen? So we like responsive preaching here at Harvest. It may be different from the church you came to where nobody says nothing, nobody moves, and you had church that whole Sunday. We're a little bit different here, so it's who we are. So I want you to encourage you. And, you know, I said this, uh, I believe one of the ways we grow is when we sow into other people's lives. And so so let's sow into their lives here today, uh, these speakers and Give them the big amens and just encourage them and clap. And so <clears throat> with that, let's welcome Kathleen Scalroot, Curtis Hyder, and Maddie Wangren. Let's welcome them as they come up. <clears throat> Praise God. So uh, when all you are ready, uh, I think Kathleen, are you slated for a number one slot here? Yes, she is. Oh, all right. Let's give it up to Kathleen Scalaroot. Thank you. Good morning. I am just really excited to be here. That's not part of my speech, but because of um, freedom that we're studying, I'm a different person than I was the last time I spoke. So church is very important for me, and I am very blessed to be a member of Harvest. I think of Harvest as a gathering place, a home, a family, as well as where we can choose how much or how little we want to be involved. The decision you make will determine how well you get to know other members. I started going to church for the Harvest when we were at the tech school, 
I really only visited a few times, but I knew that that was where I was supposed to be, uh, belong. When Harvest moved to Discovery, I started attending full-time and also became a member. During the years I have attended, I have been blessed to go on many mission trips, both in the states as well as out of the country. I have taught Sunday school, helped with Kingdom Kids, and I've been with the youth since the program started. I've taught life groups, I've attended life groups, and mostly made many great and wonderful relationships. Being involved in these things and other things I haven't mentioned have changed my life in ways beyond what I could ever have imagined. None of these things would have ever happened had I not had the courage to step out. When I first started attending, I knew no one. I would come to church, I would sit by myself, I would leave by myself and talk to no one. I would have this silly grin on my face and I felt kind of foolish. And you know, right now I'm going to tell you uh, for those that have felt that way, foolish is a feeling. And um, you, it, it isn't true, it's a lie. And you know what, it's up to you to be a part of it and introduce yourself to others and get to know them that way. But I didn't know, what would I say to them? What if they cut me off, which they're not going to. But those were the thoughts I had. And I had a lot of thoughts, like I said, like that. You know, and at that point, I could have quit going. I could have taken offense, and because no one talked to me, they did say hi, but it kind of ended there. Offense, I believe, belong, uh, does not belong in the church, but it seems to show up quite often. We get offended and seem to talk about it to everyone except the person that we think is responsible for us being offended. I have seen people I cared dearly for, hurt deeply because of someone's offense against them that they knew nothing about. John Bevere calls it a deadly trap and a bait of Satan. It starts when we feel betrayed, and if it's not dealt with, it turns to hatred, which turns to betrayal, which turns to deception. And deception means you have been deceived. It's as simple as that. It occurs in our thoughts, and if it isn't dealt with, it creates strongholds. Thank you, Jesus, that that did not happen to me. Instead, one Sunday, they announced that they needed a Sunday school teacher for four-year-olds. And I thought, I can do this. Four-year-olds, easy peasy, piece of cake. And I thought, it, it will also help me to be able to meet people by stepping out and doing this. As a footnote here, um, by teaching this class, I was started on a healing process, something I did not even expect. I always had this low self-esteem, and one day I looked at my helper, who happened to be Zach, and I said to him, I have no control over these kids. <laughs> he laughed, and for the first time in my life, I received it the way it was meant. He was not making fun of me. He was laughing with me. And ever since then, that boy has been the dearest thing to me ever. Little does, did he know he started me on a new road of acceptance of myself. 
Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like medicine. This young boy showed me without words to lighten up and laugh more, especially at myself. Okay, onward. I did not let that stop me, though, and I moved on to first and second grade Sunday school. And lo and behold, that was not a lot better. <laughs> but I stuck it out for the year. And then when we started the youth program, I was asked to be an assistant, and I found my niche. I have survived since the beginning, but I am on my third youth leader, so I'm not quite sure what that means. But I will say, though, that Kim and Joel are awesome and our church and youth are so blessed to have them as leaders. By this time, I had gotten to know just about everyone, and my church family was settled and whole in my heart. I loved everything about our church, especially the great teaching I heard every Sunday. After being a Christian for many years, I was finally growing. I love Pastors Mike and Rhonda for all the things they have done to help me grow. I felt so loved by all the encouragement, trust, and knowledge I have received from them. I used to wonder why they were so good to me. Trust me, feeling loved was not an easy thing for me, but I was able to receive it from them. Thank you. Being a member and getting involved was the best thing that I could have done. It is not only what a member should do, but it made such a huge difference in my growth as a Christian. I think about our church as a family, and in a family, everyone should do their part to make it stronger. It was not in my makeup to put myself out there and meet people. It was more to show up and run. Thankfully, God had other plans for me, even to step out as little as I did was a God thing. I would have been much more comfortable just sitting back and doing nothing. When we make the commitment to be part of something, we need to give it everything it requires, especially in our church. We are all individuals and we all have different gifts. The body, all of us, we need those gifts. God has given all of us, you and you and you and even me, gifts, and we need to share them so that our church family can grow in those, in those things to make it the church that God wants us to be. We are led by the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our helper. He impacts our minds, our minds impact our emotions, and our emotions impact our choices. Our choices impact our actions, and our actions impact our destiny. With God on my side, I can do all things. I personally do not like getting up here and speaking. It makes me nervous, and my place, and pretty much uh, I lose my place, and I pretty much read what I have written. However, I told Pastor Mike a while ago that I would never say no to him again when he asked me to do something. <laughs> So here I am. I so encourage any of you who thinks like I did to stretch yourself, get out of the box that you have enclosed yourself in. It will change your life. 
I was able to get up here and speak about my church to you, my church family, because of all my church has poured into me over the years. And that's another reason why I will never say no to things I am asked to do. I know I will continue to grow by doing the things I'm not comfortable with, and that is the desire of my heart. And I am being obedient, and God is happy. We are now on the cusp of finally building and moving into our own building. I know that this has been the heart of our pastor for so long, and he and all of us will soon be blessed to worship in our own brand new, owned by our own family, much prayed over church. I encourage you all that haven't stepped up to do so. It is a choice you will never regret. Thank you. Well, that was great. Amen, church? I am on the clock. Okay, here we go. Um, I just want to start by uh, just saying um, thank you for allowing me to be up here. Uh, It's an honor to be able to speak and um, share. And I just want to honor our pastors, Mike and Rhonda, for allowing us to do this. Isn't it awesome, church? And I just appreciate your guys' hearts to equip the church. And... um, I'm a little nervous, like, honestly, I'm up here every Sunday, but it's a little different when you're speaking, so <laughs> it's a little nerve-wracking, just be honest. Um, as I was preparing, uh, I had something in mind. Um, I had this amazing message I was going to preach, and I was like, this is so good, and then I started praying, and I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to share this morning, and, and he said, speak from the heart, and I was like, Okay, um, I was going to borrow a bunch of, you know, good one-liners and stuff, but can I use any of that? And he's like, nope. So <laughs> God's kind of funny that way. Um, but uh, so speak from the heart. That's what I'm going to try to do. Um, and what, I, what ended up happening was kind of cool. Uh, we, you know, we're going through this freedom series right now. And uh, my message ended up kind of correlating with that. And um, you'll see as we go through it. And so um, what I think is maybe some of us, um, and I know a lot of our church right now is going through that. Um, if you're not a part of this Freedom Series right now, I highly encourage you to get involved in that because it is going to be amazing. And I think God is going to do some really amazing things through that. Amen, church? Um, so I think maybe some of us still need to hear some of those things from week one of that Freedom Series. So um, what I want to ask today is, am I walking in religion or am I walking in relationship? I grew up Catholic, and um, for those of you who didn't grow up Catholic, it brings up certain pictures in your mind, but I want to try to paint an accurate picture here. So I, w- I was a really good kid, you know, didn't, didn't go out of the lines, didn't, didn't like hardly disobey. I was a good kid. And, um, I grew up Catholic and, um, our whole family, we went to church every Sunday. Um, it was just what we did. And I tried my best to kind of fit in that religion. I I tried to do my best job within that church. And, um, so I, I kind of, I thought that if I messed up that God was going to be angry with me. And I kind of viewed God as this kind of distant, kind of easily angered and only satisfied with works. Um, 
And so for me, I was kind of self-righteous as a result. Um, on my best days, I thought God was happy with me because of I was doing well. And, you know, I haven't sinned in a while. So he's probably happy with me. And then on my worst days, it was like, God hates me. Uh, he's turning his back on me. And I'm probably going to go to hell if I die in this state. Um, and I think of a lot of us probably have some of those feelings in our mind, even if it's not as drastic as it was for me. Um, and what it did was it put everything on my shoulders. Self-righteousness, it puts everything on our shoulders. And so what I was doing, and as we were reading, I was taking from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not the tree of life. And so <clears throat> religion says, do more to get to God. Religion says, we need to earn God's approval. Religion says, we need to obey out of duty. So these are the things that I was kind of taking on. Um, so fast forward to high school. Um, I was doing homework one night, and um, it's, it was that hour where those weird shows start showing up on the TV. And I, I like look over, and there's this show on evangelism. And I'm like, what is this? And I, I'd never seen anything like that. And so these guys were street evangelizing. And I, I heard the gospel for the first time. And what was ironic was, you know, part of the mass, we say the gospel every single Sunday. We recite it. And so I had been doing that for 16 years, but I didn't grasp it until that night. So I heard it for the first time. What I heard was, I am not perfect. I am a sinner and I need God, not myself. And so um, I got saved. I was on fire for the Lord. Um, I was hungry. I just started picking up my Bible for the first time, digging into it. Just every single word was just life to me. And I just ate it up. Um, I, God kind of replanted me in a new church and um, that taught the Bible. And I, I just, he was just doing a work in my life. And um, I got baptized for the second time. Um, because, you know, I was baptized as a baby. Um, but this was one that I chose. And then a few, few years after that, um, God baptized me in the Holy Spirit and just rocked my world. Um, <laughs> um, freed me of like, yeah, come on. He freed me of all these, all this like guilt and shame that I had hung on to, this like fear of people thing. Um, he freed me of so much through that, and I'm just so, so thankful. But what God was doing, he was, he was helping me to enter into relationship, not religion. And so what's the point of all this? He was removing the systems and barriers that I had adopted or put up and shifting me from that. Um, so religion says we need to do more. Our God says he already did everything. Religion says... We need to earn God's approval. God says he already loves us. Religion says we need to obey out of duty, but God says we get to obey out of delight and walk in grace. So he was doing this in my life. So fast forward again, and here I am at um, Harvest. This is my church, and I love my church. Um, I'm so grateful for my church. It is a full gospel church. We don't shy away from those hard biblical truths, and we preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit and miracles and all that. We don't shy away from that, and I'm so thankful for that. We're an equipping church, so that means we, our leadership doesn't do everything 
Everyone does everything. Everyone jumps in. We are a serving church, meaning that we are not here to serve ourselves, but we are here to give of ourselves. And I just love seeing that. Um, we, are, we have a growth mindset, which means we don't encourage people to end the year in the same place they started. We are growing. We are being sanctified. Amen, church? And I'm just thankful that our leadership team is, we're going through uh, books regularly. We're talking, we're growing as a leadership team. Um, and our, finally, our church is alive. Our church is spirit-led, and there's life here. Our church is not perfect, but it leads people to the one who is. Amen? So I love my church. Yeah. <clears throat> I love my church, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter where you came from, where you are. That religious thing can take a hold of you no matter where you are. So maybe you can relate to some of those things I was sharing. Um, Maybe God is showing you that, you know, maybe there's this thing I've been kind of hiding, this religious thing in part of my prayer life or whatever it is. Um, Maybe God's revealing some of that to some of us this morning. Um, So what I want to do is I want to leave us with four questions this morning to just kind of calibrate, like, where am I at? Um, So if you're a note taker, this would be a good time to take notes. Um, Number one, how do I view God? Number two, am I in love with Jesus? Number three, Am I serving God through rules or am I serving God through relationship? And number four, does my view of God change when I stumble? So these are just questions to think of. Um, And the whole point is, church, are we walking in religion or are we walking in relationship? And so... I've got some extra time, so I'm just going to sing a little bit, if that's all right. Can we sing, church? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Let's just sing that one more time. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Yeah, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen. All right, I think I have to set this down, but I might not be able to pick it up again. (laughs) Okay, so my church, I feel like as I was praying about what to share, God told me that his church, he said, my church needs encouragement. And so I was thinking, and I'm like, I know it's kind of been a tough couple weeks for a lot of us. A lot of different things going on. And so I've been thinking about what encourages me in my dark times. And what encourages me is remembering what God has done for me. So there's this verse, Revelations 12, 11. I don't know about any of you. I know a lot of verses. Do I know where they're at in the Bible? No. 
So I have to search and search and find out and be like, oh yeah, that's the reference. Sure enough, I've known this verse like forever and it's in Revelations. So Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him and by him in the previous verse, it's talking about the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So I'm going to share my testimony with you today because it's very encouraging. (laughs) So my testimony doesn't begin with me. It begins with my grandmothers. My parents both were raised by single mothers. My mom was raised by my grandma Betty because when she was two years old, my grandfather went through the ice on Christmas Eve, leaving my grandma Betty with 10 children ages 17 to six months. My dad was raised by a single mother because his parents divorced when he was five years old. So my dad was raised by my grandma Myla, and she was, at that point in time in her life, an alcoholic, neurotic, and extremely fearful, as well as verbally abusive. That was the childhood that my dad had. In fact, he would say that when he was, before he was an adult, he had lived in 33 different houses in 11 different towns, because she was always running from a bill collector. So that was the type of environment that my dad grew up in. My mom was raised by Grandma Betty, and Grandma Betty was a very self-sufficient and independent and hardworking woman. And as a result, her children became self-sufficient, independent, and hardworking. My mom got her first job when she was 10 years old and paid for herself for the rest of her life. That was how she was raised. Very independent. God wasn't a big part of their life. As a matter of fact, my grandma Betty was raised atheist in the 30s. To the point where the only time she had any experience with church was she was 11 years old and her mother marched her and her three older brothers into a church on Sunday morning, interrupted the pastor and said, baptize them. That was her experience with church until she married my grandfather who was a Catholic. Or I should say his mother was Catholic and made them become Catholic. So that's kind of their backgrounds. Well, back to my dad. When he was 13 years old, My grandmother, Myla, said, I'm moving to Fergus Falls, Minnesota. And my dad said, okay, I'm not. I've had enough of this. And he decided to go call his dad and live with his dad. My grandfather at that time was on his third marriage, and they had just had a little baby. So my dad goes and lives with my grandfather and his stepmother, and he just wants to stay there. He just wants to be like my grandpa, a good old cowboy, honky-tonk, hard-drinking, That's kind of what my grandfather was like, and that's all my dad wanted for his life. Well, his stepmother felt differently, and one day he came home from school, and all of his belongings were packed in two garbage bags on the front porch, and my step-grandmother said to my grandfather, it's him or it's me. And my grandfather couldn't face the thought of going through another divorce at that time, so he said, you have to go back and live with your mom. Dad was devastated, just crushed, because it was his worst fear coming true. I find it interesting how God can use the worst things in our life for turning around and making them the best things. Because little did he know, my grandmother, Myla, had started going to this little church called Community Bible Church that met in a high school in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, and she got radically saved. I mean radically saved. Like, turned (laughs) this verbally abusive, mentally disturbed woman into this kind, generous, God-fearing, God-loving woman that was not even recognizable. 
my dad came back and he got saved in two weeks. And he became radically changed as well. And he got involved with this group called The Well. And they became just this powerhouse of young people that they would show up at 6 a.m. in the morning just to pray. Could you imagine a group of teenagers doing that every morning before school? They did. (laughs) My mom, back to my mom's side. She was this independent, popular, hardworking, self-sufficient, empty person. She was going to college, she was doing the college scene, and she thought, what am I doing? I'm just, I have no life, I'm empty, I don't know what my purpose is. And she decides to move back to Fergus Falls, Minnesota, where my other grandma, Grandma Betty, also started attending Community Bible Church that met in high school, where she had gotten radically saved as well. And my hardworking, independent, self-sufficient grandmother realized that this person who she knew had always helped her her entire life, but she never knew who he was, she had a name to put to him. That was Jesus. And she became just, oh, you have to meet her. She's just the most amazing person in the entire world. And she knows that it was God who did it for her, even when she didn't know who he was. He was always there with her. He was there when her husband died and her father and her father-in-law in the same year. He was there for her and he helped her through every bit. And now she had a name. My mom came back to live with her and she got radically saved. So I don't know what your testimony is. Are you this person who's dealt with substance abuse, who has this beautiful testimony of what God has done for you? Are you this person who was super independent and then you realize that God is your dependency? Are you like my parents who were raised in these difficult environments who found God and their childhood and their past environment did not define who they were as an adult? God did. Where they raised me and my three siblings to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds. It's not just something that, it's, it was never just church to me. It was never just, oh, this is what we do because as my parents does. I had a living, vibrant relationship with God when I was three years old. I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and I remember it vividly. And now, I <laughs> wasn't going to cry. Many of you know, um, my husband and I have been praying for this baby for a long time. And now that she's coming in November, she has this amazing legacy of four generations of praying grandparents and parents and just this, this legacy that is the most amazing testimony anyone could ever give to a child. And I'm so grateful, and I am so thankful for what I have, and I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. So whatever your testimony is, and whatever difficult situation you're going through, remember your testimony. Remember what God has done for you. (laughs) Because I tell you what, it'll get you through those dark times. It'll get you through those times. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how dark it is or how deep you're in, whether it's depression or anything that you're going through. Stop, ask him to remind you what he's done, and then think about it. 
be purposeful and think about it because he will bring those things to mind. And little by little, he will take you out of those dark places because that's who he is. He is a good, amazing, encouraging, wonderful father. And he loves us so much. So Curtis ended with the song. I'm going to end with the song too. And probably um, very few of you know this because this was old when I was like four. <laughs> but it's a song called Look What the Lord Has Done. It goes, Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. So I'm going to praise his name. Because his way is just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Beautiful. Well, amen. Stand with me if you would, please, church. Don't you love the church? Amen. Thank you. Wonderful. All sharing part of God's heart and how he's moved in and through their lives. Amen. Uh, and maybe you ladies too would be able to be up here at the altar here as we invite the altar workers to come forward. We're going to conclude the service and um, worship a team. You can come up. I just want to close with the challenge with every head bowed here. And they talked about Christ. They talked about the testimony and how the Lord has moved in their life. Every story of how someone comes to Christ has one central theme, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. He is God in the flesh who came 2,000 years ago. And he provided salvation as a fact, legally. But just leaving it there doesn't change your life. You have to accept and receive. You have to confess. You have to ask him to come into your life. You say, that, that seems like it's works. No, it's conversion is what it's called. You must be born again. Jesus told the religious leader, Nicodemus, uh, you're a leader and you don't know all this stuff? What's up with that? We need to be born again. What does that mean? You invite Christ in your life. With every head bowed you hear this morning or maybe watching by television and channel 181, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. You see, all right, I, I want to take that step of faith. I want to have that alive relationship with Christ. If that's you, let's pray together corporately. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, save me. I thank you for saving me. Right now, I confess you, Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, take my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you meant that prayer and you were sincere, your spirit man or spirit woman has been changed. The Holy Spirit has come within you. And you're, as the Bible talks about, a new creation. A new creation. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.